Welcome to CDW's Legal Inclusion Team Podcast, where we host conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion from the lens of a corporate legal team. I'm Gil Cubia, CDW's Director and Senior Counsel for Global Ethics and Compliance. And in this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Leslie Davis. Leslie is the CEO of the National Association of Women and Minority-Owned Law Firms, also known as NAMWOLF. NAMWOLF is a nonprofit trade association advancing diversity in the legal profession and promoting the interests of minority and women-owned law firms. And during my discussion with Leslie, we talked about the history and the mission of the organization, along with the unique and valuable perspectives that NAMWOL firms bring to legal services across a broad range of practice areas, and the many benefits to corporate legal teams when engaging NAMWOL firms to staff their legal matters. And with that, let's get into it. Let's listen to my conversation with Leslie. Welcome to our show, Leslie Davis. And I think a great place for us to start is a little bit of background about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Very glad to be here. Um, A little bit about myself. Well, I was born and mostly raised in Chicago. I was a Navy brat, so I'll spend some time in California. Um, But uh, from a professional standpoint, I am a triple Hawkeye. Uh, Go go Hawkeyes. Uh Uh-oh. I I have... (laughs) Um, all of my degrees uh, from the University of Iowa. Uh, and um, just uh, after graduating law school, I worked at Court TV during the O.J. Simpson trial. It was a wonderful time to be at Court TV. Exciting. Uh, and then from there, I was uh, at uh, a few smaller firms and then mostly grew up in large law firms, uh, was at uh, two different large law firms. and. Um, then before coming to Namwolf was at a medium-sized entrepreneurial firm. So uh, it's been a good journey, uh, and I'm very excited to be here with you today and very excited to be talking with you about Namwolf, which is where I am currently the CEO. Well, we are excited to have you. And um, my question is, have you always been based in the Midwest? So other than, well, I guess Iowa is the Midwest. <laughs> are you based in Chicago now? Yes, uh, Namwolf is based in Chicago, and for the most part, I have, besides my earlier years, for the most part, I have been in Chicago the majority of my professional career. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about Namwolf. What is Namwolf, and you know, when was it established? So Namwolf is the National Association of Minority and Women-Owned Law Firms. Uh, it was started in 2001, so we're over 20 years old, uh, and it was really started um, by Emory Harlan uh, and a few others who really recognized that minority and women-owned law firms were not getting the utilization that they deserved or that they needed, and so they started this organization, which has grown um uh, Tremendously. We are now 211 law firms over 43 states. And the mission, the the whole mission, is to increase the utilization of minority and women-owned law firms. And by doing so, to increase the diversity in our beloved profession. I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why it started. And that's 
uh, why we do what we do in order to increase and continue to increase that utilization. So does NAMWOLF provide services to minority and women-owned law firms as well? Are there services that are provided? So, yes. Um, for the most part, what NAMWOLF does is it really provides services to the corporations and governmental entities and educational institutions um, because we make it easy for them to find minority and women-owned law firms to utilize. And so NAMWOLF does the heavy lift by vetting the firms. Um, there is a rigorous vetting process. It's not as if you can just raise your hand and pay some money and say, I want to be a part of NAMWOLF. There is a rigorous process that ensures that um, the firms are vetted. They, they have Fortune 500 references. They um, absolutely have cre uh, credentials that, that, that uh, rival any that others may have at large law firms. They have a certain level of insurance and, 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 and all kinds of things. And so uh, for us, NAMWOLF is the gold standard for how you can diversify your teams because we've done that heavy lifting for you. And then amongst our firms, we do try to provide um, CLEs at our meetings and you know, other services, but primarily NAMWOLF is a service for those who are seeking to uh, hire outside counsel. Great. So you take away this um, myth that we can't find firms that are diverse because, you know, hey, Nam Wolf has a slate of firms ready <laughs> at the ready. Right? True. Absolutely. Um, it, it's it's absolutely true. Uh, that is a myth that that you cannot find quality qualified minority and women-owned law firms um, who have a vast array of experience and really a deep a deep bench, a depth, a depth of experience that is, um, uh, and I don't want to always compare it to large law firms or, or other firms, but in their own right, they have wide varieties of experiences and a, and a breadth of experience that, that makes them a value add for, for, for any matter. Absolutely. So now we just talked about one of the major myths is we can't find the firms. Um, what about other challenges that minority and women-owned law firms faced in the past or it's currently today? What are some of the some of the, the hurdles? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> I know, right? Well, we can do a part one and part two <laughs> if we have to. <laughs> exactly, because I you know I have heard it all, right? Um, so I respect that. Oftentimes, it's a matter of comfortability that people want to work with folks whom they've worked with before. That's that's natural and that's good business. But beyond that, I think if we're really being candid, when you're talking about minority and women-owned law firms, there is a stereotype or there is a thought that somehow, because they're women and minorities, they are not as good as, that somehow they are less than, and they're not as qualified, or there's, they're not, they don't have the expertise. Now, people don't say that out loud. That's not the way that it goes, but they, they say it in how they choose outside counsel. When you find that people are always going back to the same folks whom they've utilized for years and years and years, and they don't recognize that there is a value to be added by having a diverse team who can give a diverse perspective and a variety of different possible solutions, that means that there's a disconnect. That means there is a reason that you're not willing to do that. 
And when you're not willing to do that, then it's it's not doing the best for the internal client or the external client. And so that's one of the things. And the other thing I would say, um, to just highlight a few of them that I hear all the time, is that oftentimes women in minority law firms are smaller, right, than your big mega law firms. Um, but that should not be a impediment to hiring them because most companies don't do a scorched earth approach to their legal services these days. Um, For the most part, most matters have maybe a partner or two or three um, and a paralegal and some associates. So the days of having uh, cases where you have, you know, a hundred people working around the clock, those are days of, of old, right? And so while our NAMWOL firms do tend to be a little smaller and they you can't staff a hundred people working around the clock for six months. That's that's true, but most matters don't require that, and so to stigmatize them um, because they're smaller is just another excuse for not wanting to have a diverse team. And so I know that that may seem sound strong, um, but I don't think there's a reason to sugarcoat it um, because that doesn't work. So okay, you talked about the first challenge you mentioned was in regard to relationships. So what are some ways that we can start to form these relationships? Well, there's a variety of ways. One, um, NAMWOLF has two meetings a year. We have like a mid-year meeting, which we call our Driving Diversity Leadership Conference. And then we have our annual meeting, which is a bigger meeting in the fall. And the reason why I bring those two up as great ways to meet firms is because Many of our firms participate in those meetings and many of our corporate partners do too. And so the great thing about those meetings are that yes, they offer CLE, but the truth of the matter is everybody comes there really trying to figure out who to talk to, who is the best fit for whatever work they are looking to um, perform and, and engage. Uh, And so, um, the business of getting to know each other and learning what the capabilities are is front and center in those meetings. So that's a place where you can initiate those relationships. You can you can initiate the contact between the, the corporation and the firm. Absolutely. And that's 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 where the magic is made because right. we know that it takes effort and maybe some time mm-hmm. to build relationships. And now that we're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, thank goodness, and yes. uh, and are able to get together more, then it's really special because you're able to actually uh, talk to one another face-to-face. And so that's one great way to, to do it. Um, an- another way is uh, what NAMWOLF offers. We will vet whatever the issue is, whatever the, the need is, we will vet that with our firms, usually anonymously, to make sure that we get the right firms matched uh, and then once we have the right firms that we think are the ones you would want to talk to who have the sweet spot in whatever you're looking for, then we make that introduction. And then you're off and running. You, we don't manage the relationship. We are a conduit, not a barrier. Um, so once we we make the introduction, it's 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 your relationship. But we like to be able to make those matches and to do those pairings uh, because we think we do a great job of it. And then um, from there, then the relationship can grow and 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 spread and do whatever it needs to do. And oftentimes, that's what happens. Um, people then get engaged and then engage some more, and they will 
introduce corporations to other NAMWA firms. Because if they don't do something and it's not in their sweet spot, they'll say, hey, we don't do that, but you might want to talk to X NAMWA firm. And it just grows and grows from there. I like that. And then when we talk about the lack of bench strength and depth, um, what are some ways we can overcome that stigma, so to speak? So there's lots of ways. So many of our firms, you know, have significant numbers of, of lawyers. Um, some of our firms are small, but some of our firms are 25, 50, 100, 200 um, lawyers. Um, and so in that way, um, they have the, the bench strength to do whatever the matters uh, are necessary for. Um, we also know that our firms do a good job of just being honest about what they can and cannot do. And so if there's a matter that is going to require more um, bodies, more people, more lawyers than they have, they're very honest about that. Uh, And so in that way, I think it's great to be able to partner with a firm that can tell you, yes, we can do it. We we can do it well. We can knock it out of the park. Or this is going to take more people than we have. What I have seen, though, even in those situations, is that NAMWOLF firms will partner with one another and, and, and they will work together uh, on matters. And, and that's a benefit to the client as well, because it's not as if you're paying two bills, so to speak. They will figure it out and, and make it work for the client. The beauty of the NAMWOLF firms is that they normally have the flexibility to do whatever they need to do in order to best service the client. Um, there's not some of those constraints that you find in other uh, larger law firms. And then the only other thing I will add about that is I've also seen in situations where maybe there's another firm who has a deep historical knowledge of a company uh, and a NAMWOL firm has some expertise uh, or some diversity or some value add that the company wants. I've seen the uh, the larger firm or the, the majority firm partner with a NAMWOL firm in order to give the best service to the client. I fortunately, when I was in large law firm practice, I had the the opportunity to do just that. We partnered with a NAMWOL firm uh, because the client wanted it and, and we made it work. Yes, was there some fits to start? Sure. But once the client made it clear that that's what the client wanted, we figured it out and we were able to take that particular team. We took that show on the road. Once we serviced that client, the collective group of us um, that came together from both firms, we serviced other clients. And it was really a, a good opportunity for us to work together and for clients to get the best of both worlds. So I like that. It was great. Yes. And then the um, minority firm had the opportunity to gain access to that deep knowledge that the majority firm possesses, which makes them attractive going forward. But hey, as we start to work together, we build that knowledge base at the minority firm. And now I'm saying as if I'm the minority firm, know Mm -hmm. just as much as the majority firm. So I take that off the table. Absolutely. It, it was it was beneficial for both parties because, like you said, the minority firm um, was able to have some access to historical background and resources that they didn't have before. And the majority firm 
was able to see the benefits of working with a diverse team and get some added perspective and some additional knowledge that they didn't have as well. And so it was a win-win. And for the client, it was a win because the client got to work with the lawyers who who at this point, it was a, a, a gentleman that he liked working with um, from both firms. So he had the best right. of both worlds. That's great. He, he had his, his, his dream team. I like and that. Great. <laughs> that is great. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. So we talked about some of the challenges and we talked about some of the strategies to overcome many of these myth challenges. You know, what is some of the advice that you would give a corporation considering hiring a NAMWA firm today? Ooh, I think the advice would be to welcome the opportunity, to see it as an opportunity to uh, work with a team that can be a value add from the perspective of providing more possible solutions because they have a diverse perspective. And to have the corporations open their minds to understand that um, it's not as if anybody is saying that from a business perspective, you should just throw away uh, all the other relationships you have with other lawyers, with other firms. That would be bad business. But it is to open up the, the possibilities to other firms that you allow. Um, the other firms, the minority and women-owned firms, the opportunity to show their value add, to show what they can do. And in doing that, you now have increased uh, your possible solutions and outcomes that are going to be beneficial to your company and your company's bottom line. And so I would just want it to be a shift change in how corporations view um, actively seeking to work with minority and women-owned law firms. Because I think that if they viewed it as we do, then it would be, you know, kind of a no-brainer. It would be second nature. In fact, they would always want to ensure that their teams were diverse if they truly understood that diverse teams really do yield better results. And where within the corporation does that message resonate the most? Is it at the leadership level? Is it the lower ranks? That's a, that's kind of a loaded question because <laughs> what 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 I have seen is that if the message from the leadership team from the upper ranks, if the message is very clear that diversity is important to them and that they want to see diverse teams, then you do see the folks who are hiring the lawyers who are usually not at those uh, you know higher levels. Um, you you see them making a concerted effort to do that because they recognize that they won't be second guessed, they won't be uh, looked at as if they are hiring firms that are not qualified if they use a minority or women owned firm. And so once it comes from the top, I've seen that it it usually permeates the corporation when that happens. That being said, I think that once it happens at the level where most of the matters are being hired for the folks who actually engage the firms when they recognize the real value add and when they recognize how much value and 
great work they are getting from these minority and women-owned law firms, I think they too can spread the message upward and say, look, you know, we hired these firms. They are doing a phenomenal job and we want to continue to work with them. And that message can spread from that level on up as well. So I don't think there's one way to do it, um, but I do think that just human nature, people sometimes have to feel like they're green-lighted to do what they know to be the the thing that's going to be the best thing, and they don't want to be second-guessed. And I've heard people say that you know if they hire a minority or woman-owned law firm and something goes wrong, they will be second-guessed versus if they hire you know, the same law firm that's been doing the work for 30 years, regardless of whether they do a good job or not, they won't be second guessed. And everybody wants to keep their job and everybody wants to, you know, uh, you know, be valued and be seen as a good decision maker. And so I respect that it can be hard if hiring a minority or woman owned law firm is going to make it really hard for somebody in their workplace that they shy away from doing that. And so, you know, hopefully the corporations will make it clearer to all the folks um, in the department that diversity is important and that they do have the green light to hire qualified firms, firms that can get the job done, regardless of whether or not they're the firms that they are used to working with for many, many years. So when we talk about our supplier diversity programs, we talk about the multiplier effect. And the multiplier effect is this economic concept that states that when businesses hire minority-owned suppliers, just generally, those suppliers will in turn hire other minority-owned businesses. And they create sort of a ripple effect that boosts the economy. Um, And then this ripple effect creates more jobs and opportunities for women and minority-owned businesses, and then ultimately leads to this economic prosperity for minority communities generally. Do we see a multiplier effect with respect to diverse law firms? And, you know, what does that look like? And I mean, or is that concept translated differently when we're talking about diverse firms? I mean, there's probably some overlap. Sure, there's definitely overlap. Um, In the way in which you defined it, Absolutely. When you see minority and women-owned law firms um, be hired and be given the opportunities to show their expertise and their value, uh, every time that that works and it works well, uh, and then it works well again and again, it is that multiplier effect that then um, that corporation or governmental entity may tell another corporation about this firm or these lawyers or about NAMWOLF in general. And then you see it spread almost like wildfire. And we love that. And so in that way, it definitely is a multiplier effect. And so hiring minority firms and women-owned law firms uh, begets the opportunity to do that more, right? Even within or with with, uh, other legal departments who may be interested in talking about what that has looked like at, at respective um, places. There's also a different multiplier effect that I think about when I'm thinking about hiring minority and women-owned law firms. It's, you know, I say this all the time when I do the CLE that I do, that I don't think that people are motivated by doing what's right. Why do I say that? Well, if people were motivated by doing what was right, then um, 
nobody would ever run a stop sign. Everybody would <laughs> would would drive the speed limit. Right. Um, if you're trying to lose a couple pounds, you wouldn't eat that donut. I mean, <laughs> people are not necessarily motivated by what's right. People know what's right, and they don't always do that. I think it's more of math, right? So it's undeniable that when you bring to any problem, as lawyers, we're all problem solvers. Uh, you bring to any problem uh, an exponential number of possible perspectives, outcomes, um, educational backgrounds, genders, ethnicities, the list goes on and on. When you uh, bring to the, the any problem to the table and you have those number of multipliers uh, because you have those diverse perspectives, the number of possible solutions that will be the right solution for your problem, that possibility goes up. That number goes up because you have exponentially increased um, the possible outcomes. And so it really is the math of it. It's not just the right thing to do, but it's the math of it. And I think that's undeniable um, versus if you have just a very narrow um, perspective because you have all the same people with the same backgrounds, same gender, same ethnicity, same, 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 then it's much harder to get um, that the the wider number of possible solutions. Uh, and I think that when people recognize that and, and value that, then it's undeniable that diverse teams are the way to go. And that's the multiplier that I like to talk about as well, the multiplier of the possible solutions. That's perfect because who doesn't want more options when they're trying to make a decision? What leader doesn't want more options put in, in front of them when they're trying to make a decision? And to your point, bringing minority and women on law firms to the table, you bring diverse perspectives, more possible solutions, more options, better outcomes. So fantastic. So Leslie, this has been great. But before we close our conversation, I want to give you an opportunity to leave our listeners with a closing argument or maybe just words of wisdom or advice, anything you'd like to leave our listeners with. So as a, as a trial lawyer, um, closing arguments were always my favorite, right? Those are the times where I really felt like I could really uh, hit it home for the jury and make them understand that what it was I was saying was really something they should consider. Uh, and so while I won't, won't do it closing argument style, um, <laughs> because, <laughs> right, uh, right, what I will say is uh, that I think that if corporations, businesses are serious about wanting to do best for their respective company, then regardless of their own personal level of comfortability, uh, they have to be willing to think about the value add that diverse teams bring to all of the issues and problems they have as a company. And so while I respect, and, 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 and I have had that also, you know, people are busy, you know, it's hard to wake up in the morning and say, today is the day I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone and do something different, right? Because it sometimes can be time consuming, it can be uncomfortable, and you always feel like tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, what I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast uh, 
what, what I would encourage them is to think about tomorrow being today, that there's no better time than today to decide that you will absolutely give thought to having more diversity amongst your your legal options, amongst the legal teams that that you engage. And you will do it because you recognize that it is going to yield you a greater number of possible solutions. And that it's not going to be necessarily because it's the most comfortable thing to do or the easiest or the least time consuming, but it is. And And you may not even feel in your heart that it is the right thing to do, but it is the the thing to do that is absolutely the mathematical right thing to do. And it's the thing that you can be sure that you have uh, looked at all the possible outcomes for your client and are doing the best for your client. I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. And once people recognize that they can do that by increasing the diversity in their teams, I think they won't turn back. It's once you recognize that working with a diverse team and a diverse group of people um, is really uh, a wonderful way to practice law and a wonderful way to bring value to your company, then you will do it and you will keep doing it. And so um, have tomorrow be today, if there was a short way to sum it up. I like it. Yes. Value to your company and value to the client. This is a way to sum it up. Absolutely. Thank you, Leslie. This has been fantastic. And I look forward to continuing to work with NAMWOLF as part of our CDW legal inclusion team. And I look forward to future conversations with you as well. And thank you. And thank you to CDW um, for having me on. Uh, we really appreciate you know, all of the, the work that CDW does. We appreciate partnering with our corporate partners, just like CDW, to ensure that we get the message out and that we are able to have these candid conversations that others can, can listen to and hear and, and learn from what, what CDW is doing. And so thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. I enjoyed my conversation with Leslie, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share with our listeners how Nam Wolf is working to advance diversity in the legal profession. My call to action for our listeners, get to know Nam Wolf and its network of firms. The multiplier effect from engaging Nam Wolf firms is real. And like Leslie said, when it comes to the numbers, Corporations who partner with minority and women-owned law firms have greater access to new perspectives and insights and more innovative legal solutions to choose from. In other words, they have more options, which can ultimately lead to better outcomes. Okay, that's it for this episode. I'm Gil Cubia. See you next time.